0: We hear his words today from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 11. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we do just pray. We pray for your mercy. And, Lord, we pray for your wisdom. The Lord, we may see and know you better today through an understanding of your word and your truth. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Like most of you, what happened this week was shocking, and it sort of just it unsettled me, and I'm sure it unsettled most of us. And at some point in time, I'm sure probably most of us were wondering, well, now what do we do? When I planned this sermon series, I certainly wasn't imagining this, but I was thinking, you know, we don't know what 2021 will bring. Um, but and so we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we as the people of God can do to thrive, no matter what? But I think as I was watching the events from this week, I asked another question, which is the question of what's next? Like, what's going to happen next? What's the next week going to be like, or the next few weeks, or the next months, or the next year? What's next? And whether it be what happened in our nation's capital or what happens in our own life, I think we ask this question a lot. We ask what's next. Uh, And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself being the great worrier who, who is worried about all the possible possibilities of what could happen in the world around us and what next might be. Have you ever had played out one of those conversations in your head with somebody and you've gone through a thousand different possibilities of, of what it could be and you've just stressed or overwhelmed yourself wondering what might be next? And we don't imagine good possibilities too. Often we imagine all the negative possibilities, right? And so kids, in box one, I invite you to, to draw something that makes you nervous or makes you anxious. And our fears or our anxieties, they, they speak to us loudly and we find ourselves overwhelmed by what might happen next. Um, I think about the, the movie Infinity War, and, and in the movie, Doctor Strange, is, at, towards the end, he, he's able to look into the future and see all these various possibilities. And he looks into the future, and, and he wonders how many times in these futures could the good guys win. And he saw 14,605,000 possibilities, and they won one time. And sometimes that's what it feels like the future is, right? That there's these billions of possibilities, but there's only one good thing that might happen. And so we ask ourselves, what's next? And that that becomes a very worrisome thing because what's now feels overwhelming. But as people who are followers of Jesus Christ and followers of the way, we have to understand that God is at work and that God is working through what's next and what's now. And one of the things that's important for us as we move forward is actually to look back. If you want to be a a good driver, one of the keys is to look in your rearview mirror and to remember what is behind you, to remember where you've been, and also how those things that are behind us may actually play into the future, that, that it is helpful for us to look back. And so if we want to look forward into the story of the world, which is really the story of God and his interaction with humanity, it is helpful for us to look at the trends of how God has moved through history. And he's done that by giving us his word and giving us his scripture. God has given us his scripture to remind us that peace can come out of chaos like it did in the story of creation. God has given us his scripture to remind us that the oppressed can be set free like those imprisoned and in slavery in Exodus. God has given us his scripture to remind us that giants can be defeated like David defeated Goliath. God has given us his scripture to remind us that courage can pay off like it did with Esther. God has given us his scripture to remind us that prayers can be answered like they were with Hannah. God has given us his scripture to remind us that miracles can happen like they did with Daniel in the lion's den. God has given us his scriptures to remind us that redemption is possible like it was with Paul. God has given us his scriptures to remind us that hope is possible like it was with Simeon and Anna. And God has given us his scriptures to remind us that forgiveness is real like it was for Peter. And so as we look back at the story of God, we can remember that God is involved no matter what our story is. And so when we can do the same thing with our own lives, is that even though we feel pressed right now or we feel overwhelmed, we can look back and see all the times that God has been faithful in our own life. And so kids, in box two, I invite you to draw a picture of a time when you know that God has been with you. When is the time that you are confident that God has been with you? And I really think it's so important in the world today that we pay attention to Scripture because Scripture prompts us and reminds us to pay more attention to the story of God versus the story of now. It reminds us of this grand story that is thousands of years in the making, that has moved across countries and cultures and languages and is still true and is still good and is still speaking and God is still working but that is hard for us because the story of now is loud and constant. I remember a few years ago, I, uh, we went out to eat at the restaurant and one of those news channels was on and, and, and it was on mute, but the, the, the volume of just the breaking news and all the banners and everything was overwhelming. That, that it seems like that news is breaking all the time. And sometimes if you watch the news enough, the same news has broken multiple times throughout the day, right? Breaking news. Oh, by the way, breaking news. And and it becomes so overwhelming to us. We are constantly bombarded with pay attention to this, pay attention to this, pay attention to this. And one of the things I want to tell you is it's not just on our news channels, it's on our social media channels, all right? And we live in a way in which we were never designed to live. You were not designed to know what everyone is thinking. All right. Social media has created this environment in which we feel like we, sh- we should know what everybody is thinking, but that's not true. You don't need to know what your fourth grade teacher necessarily thinks about this or that. You don't need to know what your plumber thinks about this. You don't need to know what this person thinks about everything. This is not what we were designed for. And it is overwhelming us, and it causes the story of now to feel more than it needs to be it's constant and this is the world that we have to learn how to live in how do we fight the story of now and the only way we can really do that with fighting it is the story of God and being disciplined and listening to that story and this is hard but the truth is that you and I are being discipled by what we give our time to and what we give our attention to You and I are being discipled by what we are paying attention to, by what we are sitting in front of, by what we are looking at as we scroll on our phones, by what we are listening in our podcasts. That is being discipled, and that is how we are being shaped and formed. And unfortunately, many of us have been discipled by the unholy trinity of our news feed, our news channels, and our news anchors more than we are being discipled by the holy trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and that we are letting the story of now be the loudest story in our life. We are letting the story of now dominate our emotions and dominate our reality instead of really leaning and believing and trusting in the story of God. And so what our scripture today reminds us is that God can be found and that the story of God is good for us, and it is what we need. Our scripture began with these words. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And so as we continue to walk through the scripture, it says, let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now here's the good news. Is if we want to know what God says, we can find him. It says, seek the Lord. We have more access to the scriptures now than we ever did before. I mean, through our phones that give us our our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, it also gives us the Bible app. I have so many translations of the Bible in my pocket right now. I can find the original Greek and Hebrew words, which occasionally I do, all right, to, to see what it meant in the original language. There are commentaries that are available and study notes that are available. The Lord may be found. If we seek him, and he is near, and he is near to you, and he is near to me. Now, I think one reason why we avoid the word of God and why we avoid the presence of God is because we're ashamed, is that we have done stuff that, that we think, God, you know that I messed up last night. You know that what I just said 30 minutes ago wasn't good. I don't want to come to you because I feel like I'm going to be judged. I'm, I'm going to feel guilty, and I don't want to feel any more guilt, so I'm going to avoid you, God. But that's not who God is. God is compassionate. God is compassionate. Let us return to the Lord, for he may have compassion on us, and our God will abundantly pardon. And so if you are feeling guilty, and that's why you're not spending time with God, that is not from God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He wants you to be near. Seek him. Don't let your own sinfulness stop you from the story of God. Come into his presence and come into his word. The scripture continues and says these words, why is it important to seek the Lord? It says these, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, part of what I think happens whenever we think about God is sometimes I think we think of God as just like a little bit smarter than us. Like he's just a little bit better than us. We're pretty good. like we're these amazing beings. But God's just a little bit better. But what the scripture reminds us is that we are not on the same playing field as God. His ways and his thoughts are so much at a fundamentally different level than our ways or our thoughts. It, there is no comparison. His ways. And his thoughts are higher and at a different category. He's not just the smartest of all people. He's in a whole different category together. He sees things and understands things at a level that you and I will never understand. I mean, it would almost be like if we took a group, a team of four-year-olds who had never played basketball and rolled them on a basketball court against the players from the NBA. This is a totally different level. And that's how we have to understand God. And we have access to his thoughts and to his ways through his word. And so if we want to see the world from a totally different way, we have to embrace that we can get God's truth in that way. And we can get his goodness and his ways and his thoughts. And it's such a joy to be a part of that. Isaiah goes on to, to say, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, he's giving this like, why does God give us this? For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That the purpose of the word of God is so that it would, it would sink in and it would grow up these beautiful things, that, that things would sprout because of God's goodness. And so kids, in box three, I invite you to draw a picture of a flower bed and, and, and just flowers growing from um, the, the rain. Let that image of what God does be a part of our story, that it nourishes us, that it flows into us. And that's what the word of God is intended to do, to soak into us and cause us to grow. And so he finishes with these words, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. And so God's word will accomplish what it is sent to do. It will not return void. It will not return empty, but it will make a difference in our life. It will succeed in the thing for which God sent it. And so God's word, which is this incredible compilation of 66 different books, I think 40 different authors, written across 1,500 years in multiple languages, still matters to us in Mustang in 2021. It matters to the church in China. It matters to the church in Indonesia. It matters to the church in Russia. It matters to the church in England. It matters to the church in Brazil. No matter what culture, what time, it still is moving. And so what we have to do is we have to position ourselves to receive the word of God and to hear the word of God. Now, one of the terrible things that has happened is that most of the time we don't really teach well about how to read the Word of God. The Bible is the most confusing book um, that's out there for all the reasons that I mentioned before. And plus, it was written in a time and a culture that was very different than ours. And so I don't know about you, but there are times I'm reading God's Word and I just don't understand it. And and so how do I read a book and maybe in a culture I don't understand? Now, one, this is really one of the reasons why the Epic of Eden is so important because it helps us understand the culture and the time and the place that it was written. But also we believe that we don't have to know everything about what the world was like to still receive the goodness of the Word of God. But we have been trained to read informationally. Now, um, so most of us, we have been trained, and and this is good. Our teachers have done a wonderful job of teaching us for reading comprehension. That when we read something, the goal of it is to know it and to understand it. And so you read an article in the newspaper, and the goal would be for you to be able to tell somebody, this is what that article said. Or you read a book, and, and you understand it, and you get the information out of the book or out of the story that is there. That is the goal. But that is not the goal of the Bible. It's just to get the information We are not going to have to pass a Bible trivia test to get to heaven. That's not the story that we have. The story that we have is to let the Word of God speak to us where we are as we are. And so when we read the Bible, it's not about reading it informationally to try to pass the Bible quiz. It's about reading it transformationally and letting the Word of God speak and transform our lives. Because there is a big difference between merely knowing the Word of God and being formed by the Word of God. There's a big difference between knowing the stories and letting the story of God know you, about opening your heart to what it is that God is saying to you and to me and to us and being shaped by the Word. Because we don't seek knowledge. We seek wisdom. We seek knowing who God is, and what God wants from us. And sometimes we find that in our favorite stories, and and our favorite stories are favorite stories for a reason, because they teach us something about God and about where we are. And so kids, in box four, I invite you to to draw your favorite Bible story. What is it that is your favorite Bible story that you have? Now, I want to give a little bit of insight into into how to read the, the scripture. And um, I've been uh, really trans- uh, shaped by a book. It's called Shaped by the Word. It's written by one of my seminary professors, a guy by the name of Robert Mulholland. And, and, and he, he just really takes it into this idea of reading transformationally. And let me share a little bit about what he says. He says, Scripture is not only a place where we find ourselves encountered by God, but a place where God probes the nature of our relationships with one another. If you're struggling in your relationship with your spouse, if you're struggling in your relationship with your kid, if you're struggling in your relationship with a coworker, the Word of God can speak to that because God probes the nature of our relationships in there. There's so many human relationships we see in there that oftentimes we can learn from them about our own relationships. In another quote, he says this, In a profound sense, the Word of God is a living and productive scalpel in the loving hands of one who penetrates to the core of our being in order to cleanse and heal our garbled and distorted and debased word and transform it. You know, one of the things we think about the, about the word of God is that it's sharper than a double-edged sword, right? And, and so the word of God does many different things, but understand that whenever we submit ourselves to God is that the word of God can cut us in the right way. Now, you don't want me to use a scalpel on you for a couple of reasons. One, I have no idea what I'm doing. And two, I would pass out the moment I saw blood. All right? So, but in the hands of a surgeon who knows what they're doing, the scalpel is an incredible tool because it can, it can cut and it can open up something that is infected and needs to be cleaned out. And this is what God can do. He can, is that the word of God should cut us from time to time. It should hurt us, not in the negative sense of how dare you, how awful you are, but in a sense of revelation that there is brokenness that is in us. There is distortion that is in us. There, is, there are things that we're thinking and doing that are not the way that God would intend it, and he, we need to present ourselves to the surgeon who can slice us to heal us and to allow us to grow in that way so that we can go and be the Word of God out into the world. And so we have to come to God and we have to offer ourselves. Now, sometimes when I go to the word of God, I am looking for the word of God to confirm what I already want to say or what I already think. And I do this sometimes when I'm preaching. I'm like, "Ooh, I want to say this. Let me find the scripture that most lets me say what I want to say. This is not good, y'all. But this is what we do. Instead, what what he's saying, especially in a devotional practice, is that we need to open ourselves to God's word no matter what, and to not come with an agenda, God confirm what I'm thinking, God solve this, God do this. But instead, he says, we must offer our discipline of spiritual reading to God with no strings attached, no demands, no limits, no expectations. And so sometimes we go, God, I've got a problem. I've got 10 minutes. You're going to solve it. Show me where. And what instead we do is we say, Lord, here I am. I need you and you are enough. So instead of going with an agenda, we go open. And we invite God to transform us. And we see it as a means of grace. As one of the primary ways in which God works his will in our lives is when we are transformed and shaped by the word of God. So let me give you just a few practical ways to how to read scripture um, and what we can do to kind of walk this journey. Now, if you're, some of you are in the habit of reading scripture, you've got your devotion. I'm so thankful for that. I would continue that. Those are really good things. I think it is really helpful for us not just to do a devotion, but actually just to read scripture as scripture. Um, So often we can rely on all these other things, but what if we just let the word of God speak? What if we just let that truth resonate in us? And so I'd invite you to a practice of just reading scripture. If you've never done it before, um, don't think you can start at the beginning and read all the way through um, because what often happens is you get started good in Genesis and Exodus and then you get to Leviticus and Numbers, all right, and you're like, this is weird and why why is it telling me which insects I can eat and not eat? That's strange. That's not helpful. That's not what I wanted to do. So if you're you're looking, how do I read the Word of God? I would start small, and I'd start with Jesus. And so maybe you just start with the book of Mark. It's the shortest of the Gospels. And and maybe just read 10 to 15 verses a day, and just let it sit with you for a little bit. And so this is what I would say, and there's kind of a a few steps. The first thing that I would do is I'd get the Word in front of me, and I would read it. And I'd probably read it multiple times, and I would probably read it in multiple translations um, to be able to get some different perspectives What we do as a staff every Monday, we read the text that we're going to preach on, and um, I read it from the ESV, and then I ask if there's anybody else who would like to read it, and then eventually we just have Barbie read it in the message. So we've just jumped to that um, just to be able to get to some perspectives, but it's good just to, to hear it from different versions in different ways. And to try to understand what is the text saying? What is the point of this? Read it informationally actually first. What is the goal of what this text is saying? How would I communicate this to somebody else? Could I sum it up in a few words? What is this text saying? So you want to read it. You want to read it multiple times. Read it in multiple different versions. The next thing you need to do is to reflect on it. And reflect on it personally. What is this text saying to me today? Now, for those of you who've been a Christian for a while, you may have read these stories. You may have read those scriptures many times before. And so our temptation is to say, oh, I know this. But we know that the Word of God speaks to our situation just like it speaks to us. And so the Word of God that I read today may and probably will look very different than it did a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago. What is this text saying to me today, where I am, in my emotions, in my situation, in my thoughts, I'm going to reflect on that. And oftentimes there's going to be a word or a phrase that's just going to, that's just going to kind of stand out, and you're going to sort of live in this sort of practice of like, oh my goodness, why is this phrase step, standing out to me? Why is this word matter to me? And then what, I, what we should do is we should pray. And we should say to God, what do I do with this text? So after I reflect, then I pray, and I bring this to God, and I say, what do I do with this? What am I supposed to do with this? Why is this standing out? Because I'm going to have my own thoughts about why it is, but I don't want my thoughts. I want God's thoughts. And so I have to say to God, Lord, why? Maybe I was right, or maybe God is going to show me something I never imagined. Because the fourth step is really to listen. It's to humble ourselves, to not think we've got all the answers. And ask, God, what are you saying to me now? So as we're going to prayer, we say, Lord, that's what I'm bringing to you. And then we listen. And maybe God's going to bring up an image or a song or another scripture or a story. Um, In the book, Dr. Mohan talks about how he was reading a scripture about a Pharisee. And God revealed to him that he was a Pharisee. That that was the revelation in the listening. And so maybe that's part of our story as well. Is it maybe we identify with the character and we don't know why? God, why do I de- identify with this person and let him speak? We've got to be silent. So often our prayers are so one-sided, let's listen. And the final step is to act. It's to do the will of God because of this text and what God has taught us. And so, so oftentimes we, we, we do something in our in our private time with God in our scripture study. We, we hear it and then we move on very quickly and the world distracts us. And so we forget what happened earlier in the day. And so we need to make a commitment to do what God is calling or asking us to do. Now, sometimes it's real simple. God's just saying, just sit in and enjoy this. Sit in and enjoy the story and revel in my goodness. Sometimes it's a little more challenging. You need to go to this person and you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to enter into this situation and you need to do this. Sometimes it's a more of a challenge, but we can't just receive it. We can't just be hearers of the words, but we're also called to be doers of the Word. And so if you're not somebody who's, who's in the practice of reading Scripture, you can start and just do it real simply in that way. Or you, uh, one of the things that we would encourage is to be part of this Epic of Eden study that we're doing in this experience. Um, and I'd encourage you to sign up. Because we're going to walk through the Old Testament together. And I think it's going to bring some insight into the story of God. Some of the things that we've cast aside as that was all a long time ago. And that seems strange. I think we're going to get new insight for. And we're going to walk together. Because we believe that the Bible matters here. And that we are called to be transformed and shaped by the Word. So it is a confusing book. But it's also an unbelievably life-changing story. And so you and I are going to be tempted. Over these next weeks or months, the story of now is going to continue to bombard us. We will be notified of everything all the time. I wish God would just notify me of things, like get over yourself, Aaron. Oh, thanks, God. Like, I wish it was that easy. But I have to present myself to God. I have to make myself available to God and invite him to speak to us and to speak to me and he will. No agenda, no strings attached. Yourself and the word of God speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So what I'm going to invite us to do now is just have a little bit of a time of prayer. And and, and maybe God is just calling you to a a commitment to to study something, to to be a part of, of dwelling in God's word. Maybe that's what God wants for you. But as we have this time of prayer and then as we sing our our final song, I just invite you to receive and to trust that God is speaking. Let us pray. So Lord, we confess that we have given so much time and attention and thus been discipled by so many things other than you. Lord, even good things and good people we can get distracted with. So Lord, we want to understand The story of now, as it relates in the context of the story of God. There are important things that do happen in our lives. But Lord, we want to trust and rely on your story. And so Lord, we pray as people that we would give room for your word to speak. We pray as your people that we would commit ourselves and we would follow through with that to come to your word and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Would you open our hearts, and would you transform us? And Lord, I especially pray for those who who aren't in the habit. Lord, would you give them the courage to start that habit, that radical courage to make themselves completely available to you so that you can speak and transform their hearts? And Lord, for those who are in the habit and who've done it faithfully for years, and maybe even have done it so faithfully for years that, that it's become more about checking the box than it has been about being with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Lord, would you refocus us today? And when we come with no agenda but you, may we read your word. Lord, may we reflect on your word. May we pray your word, may we listen to your truth, and may we act in the ways that leads to life. Lord, we offer ourselves to you this day and all the days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.